Hello friends, welcome to another episode of Batflips and Maple Dips. My name is Clayton Croker, coming to you from Saskatoon. We got Justin Anderson to my left. Big guy, how's it going? I'm tired, I had to walk down uh, 11 flights of stairs. I'm glad it was down. My uh, elevators in my building at work were out, so I had to go trudge down the down the stairs from the top of the 11th floor. It was Muffin. less than ideal. And then I made the three and a half block walk over here and then climbed more stairs. So oh I'm, I've got the car, I'm in cardio mode, let's go. Why are we even recording right now? We should just shut her down and off because wow. you are not at 100 i want to i want to go do more cardio i'm kind of in the mood now you got the tablecloth t-shirt on today too i like that yeah that's it's very the, uh, saskatchewan the blue and white checkered shirt very it looks really weird when i do like a video call because yeah. it kind of like moves in the with the webcam it's great video call mr yeah. sales over here la di da uh patrick marsh joining us on skype how's it going there big guy going pretty good to all right i ate way too much mac and cheese shout out to mac and there's cheese. no such thing as too much mac and cheese yeah that's a lie uh, oh, there is no like there is such a thing as too much mac and cheese. You ever have like a mac and cheese coma where you just like it's like a pit in your stomach? That's no. what I'm experiencing. Oh, right I relate now. to Patrick right now. It's the <laughs> worst because like you can just keep going and going. You're like a chocolate lab puppy. You can just eat until you can't eat no more, yeah. and then five minutes later you're like, why did I eat that much? Oh no, I, I feel your pain. I've been in that mac and cheese coma a couple times. Did you guys get hit as hard as Newfoundland by the way? Like Nova Scotia? Uh, Cape Breton got smacked pretty hard, but uh, down here in Halifax, uh, no, it wasn't too bad. No, we're all right. Just got killed. Like, yeah. I, I think things are kind of back to normal there now, but I don't know what they're going to do with all that snow. Like, geez, Newfoundland. Uh, today, obviously, we're going to be talking about Larry. Uh, we're also going to be talking about the uh, fallout from the whole Astros being jerk faces kind of thing. Uh, look at a little bit of our minor league system. Look at some more quotes for Larry. And uh, some minor signings, some Josh Donaldson news, some, some other news regarding some former star players, stuff like that. But uh, I think we should start with Larry. Let's do it. Why don't we start with Larry? Larry Walker going into the Hall of Fame. He got 76.6% of the vote. I think he got six yeah. votes over the minimum. Yeah. Like, so, hey, like every vote counts, yeah, right? Kind of close. Uh, he joins Fergie Jenkins, obviously, as the only Canadian in the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame. Um, he's only going with Jeter. It's weird that there this class is only two small guys. Small hall. Uh, what do you think about this small Hall of Fame class? Like two guys. What do you think of it, Patrick? Uh, I'm fine with it. It it really depends year to year. It depends on who's who's up uh, who's up for uh, nomination. Uh, I have to say though that pretty much right up until it was official yesterday, I was sharpening my metaphorical knives <laughs> and I started to write a a rant for this week about how the BBWAA needs to be dissolved forever. But <laughs> <laughs> I had to. I had to stay my blades for now, and uh, they finally got one right, even though the percentages uh, make it seem like he barely got in. Uh, Larry Walker absolutely deserves this honor, and you would have to be a complete idiot who knows nothing about baseball to disagree with him being inducted into the Hall of Fame. Agreed. And the SpongeBob shirt he was wearing in all the videos, legendary. So good. What yeah. a freaking As legend. So like good. just a total beauty. And like you could just see the relief on his face. Like he didn't think he was getting in. He thought mm-hmm. he was he his prediction was that he was gonna get like seventy three percent. Yeah. Because last year he had fifty four. He was at about eighty three percent, I think, before the announcement came, according to the, the public ballot. Shout out to uh Ryan Thibodeau and his uh Hall of Fame ballot tracker. Those guys are those guys are beauties. And last year he fell off from 64 to 54 when the public votes were all revealed. Yeah. So he lost 10%. So 
So he was kind of thinking, I'm at 83 now. I'll probably lose 10% again, but he only lost seven. So mm-hmm. he made her in. Some interesting stats about him. He led the league in batting average three times, yeah. which is very impressive. Uh, five times in his career, he walked more times than he struck out. I didn't know this. You guys put this in here. This is a great tidbit of information. Mm-hmm. Who found this one? That's he me. is one of two <laughs> players in MLB history to hit over 300 home runs and steal more than 200 bags. Do you know who the other guy was? No. Barry Bonds. Oh, really? I was. I wanted to guess. And uh, also MVP in the NL in 90, 1997 yeah. as well. He was, he was one of a kind. He was, again, as we Mr. like to Rocky. say here on the podcast, he looks like a ball player. Like he, he's the money ball prototypical. Yeah. He had the hair he too like the back then. The one thing, like passing the eye test is one thing, but for me, he passes the chew test. Like <laughs> when you're talking about baseball players in the '90s, oh yeah, the bigger the chew that they could throw in usually meant the better the, more the ball badass player. They were. Times have changed now, but now back in the day, gum. I bet you that guy threw in the biggest dingers, man. He just he, <laughs> he just looks like one of those guys that just would like throw in like five chews like in one game and stuff. He looks like, like the kind of guy who should be like. In a biker gang now, yeah. hey, he kind of oh, like yeah. gives you like that the uncle, cool uncle vibe where he just like rolls in his Harley to like all the family gatherings. Yeah, he just looks like <laughs> an old school ball player. Yeah. Um, a little bit more about Jeter here. I was surprised about the backlash that Jeter got from some media people. There yeah. were some people in New York that are like, no, Derek Jeter's overrated. I was under the impression that everyone in New York loved Derek Jeter. But people were pointing out all these little things that they don't like about him. And I was like, how can you guys not like this I, guy? I feel like it's not they... I think they were what they were saying is he didn't deserve to be unanimous like Mariano Rivera was last okay. year. I think the big thing was like Derek Jeter was like he was a great ball player. Let's mm-hmm. like I I'm I think he was terrible defensively, but objectively Derek Jeter was a great ball player. Like he did a lot of things in the playoffs. One of the best playoff performers of all time. Obviously, he made some iconic plays. Um, definitely deserved to be in the Hall of Fame. I think the argument that some people have is he didn't deserve to have as high of a percentage. Like he was like a eighty-five to ninety percent kind of get into the hall like mm-hmm. not almost unanimous like there's one guy who didn't vote for him or one lady whoever it was patrick did you see this jeter backlash a little bit or no no i didn't see any of, of it but what i did see was that uh derek jeter gave some props to the spongebob t-shirt <laughs> oh, too yeah. larry said that when he put it on uh put on the hall of fame jersey he said something along the lines of um Oh, this is a lot nicer than my SpongeBob shirt that I wore yesterday. And Derek Jeter just said, "It really isn't." <laughs> <laughs> he gave the props to the SpongeBob. You gotta love the SpongeBob. Yeah. So, who's the biggest snub on the list that didn't get in this time around? Um. <sighs> oh man, I don't know if there are really any snubs. I know Patrick's a big fan of Billy Wagner. Uh, yes. For me, I I, I love to see the boost that Scott Rowland got this year. Yeah. Yes. I'm, a, I'm a huge Scott Rowland guy. Um he's a Hall of Famer. I I think he is. Yeah. The numbers are there. He's are he's hard. in the comparable in terms of third baseman, he's comparable to um I mean I don't want to say he's comparable to how Larry was for right fielders because mm-hmm. Larry was a little bit ahead of him. But in terms of like he's in like that second tier of like all time third baseman. I guess so. Like he he put up some great numbers. He played for a long time, never involved in any scandals. Played for a lot of good teams. Played for a lot of teams. Like he wasn't just locked down to one team. He got traded a bunch. Came to Toronto. Mm-hmm. He's a good guy. I mean, and, and by all accounts, a great teammate too. So I think he's he's the kind of guy who you want in the hall because like he never did anything to not to deserve not to be there. He put up some great numbers and he kept his nose clean. He was kind of just medium, though. He didn't yeah. really stand out. Like, I don't know. Again, we, we've talked about this before, though. I kind of like the fact that, 
Like if you're in the Hall of Fame, it kind of needs to stand out. But what 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 was your snub on the list there, Patrick? Well, Justin kind of alluded to it. Um, we've seen a, a perpetual rise in votes for Billy Wagner. His percentage almost doubled this year. It went from 16.7% in 2019 to 31.7%. So we're getting there. People are starting to understand <laughs> the value of the relief pitcher. And uh, truth be told, if he doesn't get in through the regular selection process, Billy Wagner is going to get into the Hall of Fame the same way that Lee Smith got into the Hall of Fame. And if that's mm. the way we have to do it, that's the way we have to do it. That's fine. Uh, one one thing I will say is that I was very happy to see that Kurt Schilling missed again. We just need two more to lock him out. Then I guess the same could be said about Schilling and Wagner and that the Veterans Committee or whoever after the fact is probably going to get them in. I know Schilling is kind of a D-bag, but I'd put Schilling in over Scott Rowland. How do you feel about Bonds and Clemens? You ready for that? I'm on the fence about it. Again, I don't care. If they go in, I can see how they can go in. If yeah. they're not allowed in, I can also see that side of the argument They both as well, gained so. a little bit this year, too. Yeah. Still it's... having around 60%, though. They got, yeah. they, got, they got, I think they have, what, two more years on the ballot? Mm-hmm. This was eight for them. Yeah, and I can see both so, sides of the fence there, but... I think they will get in in their last year, but it'll be close. Yeah, I think last year is a way to do it. Make yeah. them wait it out. Make them sweat wait. it out Make a little bit. Sweat. That's their punishment. Um, let's talk about this Astros fallout, because... Yeah. I mean, Alex Cora, wait, he gone. There's more. <laughs> Carlos Beltran, he gone. Like, did, did they deserve to lose their jobs even though they're not there anymore, Patrick? Uh, I don't think Carlos Beltran deserved to lose his job. I understand that to some extent Carlos Beltran may have participated uh, in, the, uh, in the scandal as a player, but the only reason they went after him was because he was the only player they could have gone after or they could have made an example out of when it comes to players, because most of them are still represented by the union. Carlos mm-hmm. Beltran is retired, correct? He is retired, Which yeah. made him, yes, it made him vulnerable. And I guess this was just an easy way for the Mets to avoid a, a PR scandal. Uh, really a shame. Carlos Beltran, uh, beloved player, uh, pretty much universally, uh, probably going to get into the Hall of Fame very quickly. I think we've talked about this before, haven't we? Does this hurt his Hall of Fame candidacy, though? The thing is, it'll, baseball doesn't forget about anything. Baseball, yeah. like once you do something sketchy in baseball, people remember it forever. It's not a forgiving league. Mm-hmm. It's not like the NFL, where people literally forget you were in jail for domestic violence like a month before. Like in baseball, you do anything wrong. You're, yeah, yeah, you got a little bit of an asterisk <laughs> beside you. So I don't know, like. They were both kind of part of it, so I, I don't think they should have lost their jobs or maybe a big fine. I, don't I, know. I think Cora should have lost his job. I'm with Patrick that Beltron probably shouldn't have. I pulled up Beltron's 2017 numbers just for fun, the trash can year. He hit 231, so it wasn't helping him, none. No. <laughs> no. It wasn't helping him at all, but still. But still. The the fact remains that he was he was there and was allegedly a part of it. Yeah. Do you think the players should be more responsible? Do you think they should be speaking about it more? Or no. I I was uh, Astros Fan Fest, like this they, the thing that the Jays did with Winterfest. Yeah. They had it over the weekend as well, and like all the players, they were so like they're like pol- political about it. Like yeah, it was like very. watching a bunch of politicians. Like, oh yeah, the MLB's uh, you know done their investigation, so yeah, we'll leave it up to them. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Good talk. Like, but did you, you do it or not? <laughs> yeah. Patrick, what do you think about the Astros players? I did not, not really... have sex with that woman. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of this whole thing? The Astro players just kind of being pretty tight-lipped. I mean, it's going to be almost impossible to to 
pin anything to them anyway because the uh, the union is so strong that they're yeah. just they'll they're they'll be forever protected. I mean, I don't know. Like, there's so many different ways it could have gone. Maybe 50 years ago there might have been a lockout or something like that, but. No, I think I think the players are going to get away with it. Uh, unfortunately, Carlos Beltran has to be the one to kind of take the big hit. Um, he might have to wait a year or two before he gets elected to the Hall, but come on, there's no way Carlos Beltran's not getting into the Hall of Fame. He's got It'd be ridiculous if he didn't. Yeah. Speaking of um, the union, the CBA is looming in two years, so it's good for this year and next year. So mm-hmm. after the 2021 season, we're going to need a new collective bargaining agreement or we'll have a strike. Is there going to be something in the CBA regarding punishments for players in incidents of this magnitude? Do you think they'll kind of try and write something in, like the, the Astros scandal rule? I think they'll look at it. They look at everything at those yeah. meetings. Those meetings, I heard, are just a grind. Oh, man. Like, I can imagine. Just like behind it's a closed doors in a banquet room just for like 12 hours just Oof. hammering out these little details. Like, I wouldn't like that job at all. No, be an all right, section 37 of rule change 401, and you're just like, oh, my God. Kill me. kill me now because you have to get every little thing right yeah i would hate that so but. yeah it's going to be a, this cba is going to be interesting because there's going to be a lot of things to do with minor league pay um, obviously the scrapping of these minor league teams is probably going to be a thing mm-hmm. um steroids cheating this stuff like there's going to be a lot of stuff that goes down service time manipulation yeah that's going to be a big thing oh so, yeah i'm not looking forward to having to deal with the potential strike in a couple of years because the Jays are going to get good by that by then. So They won't strike. I have faith. Yeah. Uh, before we talk about some <laughs> Jay stuff, including the new unis and maybe some more Larry Walker stuff, uh, some just minor stuff, mm-hmm. Josh Donaldson, he's going to be a twin. That happened, I think, like, what, hours after we recorded the last episode? Yeah, it was like a day, maybe a day later. Yeah, Something like close. that, but four years, $92 million. He's got an option on it. Do you see him being very effective in that last year of the contract? I mean, if they do pick him up for that option, he'll be in his age thirty nine season. It's a good deal for him. I mean, yeah, for like, a thirty four year old player to get a to get a, a ninety two million dollar contract over four years, great deal for Josh. But do you think it's a good deal for the Twins, Patrick? Oh yeah, geez. Even if he is uh, shell of his former self in that last season, he's still going to be, you know, everything that you could possibly want in a player. Look at you. Know, look at his tools. He's great defensively he's an excellent hitter for contact excellent hitter for power i mean even if they only get three great years out of him it's still three great years of peak pretty much peak josh donaldson isn't he only 31 years old he's 34 34 34 sorry okay well yeah i mean it'll be by the fourth year that he'll be it'll be a bit of a struggle but if he transitions to uh to DH in the final two years, I think they get a lot of baseball out of him. And mm-hmm. I think that it really opens up the Twins' window. And I think Cleveland, uh, they should be shaking in their booties. Well, I, I mean, that Twins lineup set a major league record for home runs yeah. last season. They just added Josh Donaldson, too. Yeah, they get some more pitching. Yep. That team's going to be dangerous. Uh, it, it's like a Russell Martin deal. It's mm-hmm. expensive, and it's going to be great the first two years. But you might have <laughs> you to might battle the last later. two. But yeah. it's just like, well, you know what? Whatever. Give us two good years. It's a good veteran on the team. Uh, speaking of good veterans, King Felix, he's going to the Braves. Um, he's got a minor league contract, right, with an invite to main camp? I think that's how it's going to work, yeah. Patrick, do you see him winning the fifth rotation spot? Because he's not going to be the long reliever. He's not going to the bullpen. He's The only way he's sticking with the team is if he's going to be the fifth guy. Do you see him winning it? 
I guess a better question is, what the hell happened to Felix Hernandez over the last three years? Is, is it just age? Is it durability? He's been there. He, he's been in the majors for what, like fifteen years? It's I guess been he's a long been time. Pitching he's, for the Seattle, he's for the Mariners really for a long time. Really fallen off the last few years. I I hoped he would retire. I hate seeing this when you've got a guy who is like maybe the most dominant pitcher in baseball for a few years just fall off a cliff like this. It's like, come on, man, just walk away. You got no yeah. one to hold him, no one to fold him. I like a good comeback do, though, story, man. though. I like a good comeback story for a veteran guy who yeah, kind of struggled for three or four years, comes back that one season, and just lights it up. I just don't see like, it happening for Felix, unfortunately. I can see it. He's a legend. I could like, for some normal Joe Schmo pitcher, I can see it just being bad. But it's King Felix. It's a superstar. Yeah, it He's a legend, any, you know. So the lost he left though. So maybe he just kind of finds it. Maybe a change no of scenery. Gas left in that sparks. tank. So who knows? You know, I, I'd love to see King Felix light it up for Atlanta. I mean, can it'd be I, great. It'd be can great. I read a quote. Sure. It just made me think of uh, we were talking about how we wish he had hung up the the cleats, but it's hard to to give up the game, especially when you, it's been a big part of your life since you you know probably since he was a child. But guys. We're all told at some point in time that we can no longer play the children's game. We just don't know when that's going to be. Some of us are told at 18. Some of us are told at 40. But we're all told. Huh. Who said that one? Scout Barry and Moneyball. Uh, interesting. You guys don't remember? We don't talk about it all remember. the time. Kind that's of. a profound quote, though, isn't it? It is good. I like that. I think he's got a little bit left. I just want, I loved King Felix, so I kind of want to see him there. Um, let's get to some Jay stuff, though. Enough of the other stuff. Let's get to the Jays. Uh, <laughs> their new unis. First thoughts, Patrick, yeah, when, when you saw him. I think we all watched it live on Twitter because we're in Saskatchewan. We couldn't really see it anywhere else. <laughs> but uh, and, and Halifax. But what, what were your first impressions of the powder blue? Four to ten, I'm indifferent. Hmm. Four to ten. Four out of ten? I'm wow. giving it like an eight. I love it. I was thinking a seven or an eight as well. I, think, I really I, like them. I like how they kept the dark blue as a part of it too. Yeah. The powder blue pants kind of, I like the way the bisons do it in Buffalo with the powder tops and the white pants. Yeah. That's pretty solid. Yeah. But, but, uh, I like the, I like the hats. The hats are good. Mm-hmm. I like the hats. A yeah. Lot. Hats are good. I like the little mat, the dark blue mat yeah. helmets. The, ha- the good, helmets though. are good. I think it was best case scenario. They don't look awful. No. They don't look, like, super great, and people aren't really jumping off a building over them or yeah. saying, like, these are gross or anything. So. They're they're better than the Halliday area powders, but not quite as good as the original ones. Yeah. Nothing's going to – I don't know. something about those original ones. Oh, man. Like, I can't put my finger on it. You just, I, like, it must have been the mesh. Like the mesh, I just think the old you can't beat a classic. Like, you see you see the original jerseys for a lot of teams. You're like, man, those were so great. Yeah. And they try and, like, recreate it. It's like, ah, it doesn't, doesn't have the same feel. Like the Astros. Yeah. And the, and the Padres. I was Padres. like, man, those look good. Yeah, um, you know what's wild, use. guys? You know what's wild about this? The fact that there are seven teams in MLB right now that have powder blue uniforms. That's why I'm disappointed with these. Make powder great again. It's just the same goddamn thing that everybody else is doing. Like, why can't we do something different? Make it like electric blue. Or... We tried to do something different in the 2000s, and those logos were all terrible. I did not like that logo. <laughs> I just think alt jerseys is it's. For the Jays, it's kind of a fail because their their regular jerseys are so good. I mean, they should burn the red ones to the ground till they're ashes because <laughs> uh, they always play like shit when they wear them. Um, but these powder blue ones don't inspire me. They don't make me want to go out and buy a new hat or a new jersey. 
The new uh, spring training hats, on the other hand, are totally dope. If you haven't seen them already, you yeah. should check them out on Twitter. They're excellent. I will 100% be getting one the minute that they go on sale at my local Lids store. Shout to Lids. I like the old. I like getting old Jays hats now. Yeah. Like I like I like, trust me. I will be getting the same hat. I have an obsession with Jays hats. Oh man. But I like getting the like the one that Clemens had. Mm, Remember the Clemens yeah. era hats? Like Those it were, were like it was like uh, like Canadian leaf and then the weird baseball J logo in the middle. I had that hat for a long time. That's one of my favorite hats. Except for the remember when they went to those gray hats with the J on it? That was yeah. their kind of new ones. I think that was my least favorite hat that they had. It's less than ideal. Yeah, everyone was wearing the dark blue back white front ones for like the longest time when the Jays first switched their logo. Everyone had that hat. Do you like the the white panel hats, like the front white panel? I do. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think they're That's pretty sexy. That's what I'm wearing right now. Yeah, they're yeah. a good look. They're a great look. Good style, Patrick. Uh, do you guys take... oh, go remember on. the old front in the year 2000, the the stupid ass T with the happy J throwing oh, yeah. the ball up in oh, yeah. the Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I have a batting practice hat with that logo. I've got on a hat it. somewhere with that one on there too. It was actually a youth hat because I was still a youth yeah. at the time. It's got a filthy curve on it too. I wear it like camping. It's like my greasy oh, yeah, mowing camping, camping hat, hat yeah. you know. Uh, let's talk about our minor leaguers, shall we? We just yeah. got a bunch of random guys that we think are going to be like these are impact guys in our minor league system, right? Are we talking yeah. double A, triple A? These are guys that I kind of picked out um, who I think could potentially make an impact on the big league team this year at some point. Because you have your eye on the minors a lot. A lot. Right? I'm See, a minor guy. Patrick and I, well, I can't speak for Patrick, but me, I know Pearson and a couple other guys like Groshans and yeah. you know like the big name prospect guys but not like everyone on our triple A double A single A team. Yeah, that's but fair. But you know that. I'm, Patrick, you're I'm not pretty... a big minor league guy, are you? I would say like double A and triple A. Um I'm like, you know, one and a half feet into it, but not really like fully committed the way Justin is with his spreadsheets. I know the Gulf Coast League <laughs> the Dominican yeah. Summer League's on my radar. Yikes! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, the uh, the Cactus League. That's the, the, that's that's the spring training league in uh, Arizona. That's yeah. that's Wait. the Cactus League. The Dominican that, Summer League is a different thing. What's the one? What's the one that uh, Vladdy did like two years? The Arizona ago? Fall League. Oh, okay, that's one I was thinking. The what's the difference between the Arizona Fall League and the Cactus? The Cactus League, league is spring training. It's the it's the their version of the Grapefruit League yeah, in the Florida. Cactus League and the Grapefruit oh. League. Yeah. Okay, that's confusing. Not really. It's the same as the National and the American League. It's just different for spring. I remember. Yeah, but why did pick fruit? I, I always not? remember playing that in MVP baseball because the parks were so sweet. The Grapefruit League. Yeah, in the Grapefruit League, yeah. it was in the middle of uh, like the like the minor league ballparks. Yeah. Video games are sick because the outfield's so wild and the stadium's yeah. crazy and the pitching's so bad. Oh yeah, minor leaguers. So smack dangers. I remember like spending like days playing Grapefruit League. Didn't matter on my franchise or anything. I'm like, wow, I just wasted a bunch of time playing my Grapefruit yeah, just League playing games. Playing my Grapefruit League games. Went like 28 no. No impact on the <laughs> no their, impact regular on season whatsoever. Yeah. Like get to these minor, get to these minor league guys here. Sure, Mr. Anderson. So first guy on my list that I have is Travis Bergen. He's not he's not on our forty man roster right now. The uh, the Giants had selected him in the Rule Five last year, but, but had returned him to us. He didn't pitch well for them, uh, mainly due because all of a sudden his walk numbers and his home run numbers shot up for some reason. Probably because he was pitching out of his out of his level. Thanks, Giants. Um, he's a lefty though, and he throws hard. Uh, we are in short supply of left-handed pitchers. We have Thomas Pannone. It's not a good list. Yeah, that's that was, devastating. That was the list. Um, <laughs> yeah, next guy. Well, he's a, not a reliever, though. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about uh, Tanner's. Bergen's a reliever. Yeah. Um, most of these guys on my list that I'll talk about for pitchers are. 
Uh, next guy, friend of the show, James Dykstra. Hey, I like this guy. He's likely going to start in Buffalo, um, maybe New Hampshire, depending on how his spring goes. He could even make the team outside shot at making the Jays. Um, I mean, he's experienced. He throws hard now. So the Jays are always going to give a guy who throws hard a chance. Good chance if he has a good spring, we might see them make some room for him on the big league roster. Um, one guy who is on the 40-man roster and is a starting pitcher is Patrick Murphy. He had an, kind of an off year last summer. He had to change his delivery. He had this weird kind of like double toe tap that the minor league system ruled ineligible because it is, because he's not. He's coming to his set and then stopping again halfway through. So technically a, a balk every time he threw. So he had to change his delivery. A little shaky for the middle months of the season, but he kind of uh, came back hard in August and September and had a great fall with the Fisher Cats. Numbers kind of look to me like he's ready for AAA. Uh, and he should lock some innings this spring for sure in the Grapefruit League. Uh, I expect him to jump up the depth chart this season. If he does have a good April, May, we may see the Jays kind of maybe move him into the bullpen for the season, kind of like they've done with some starting pitchers in the past, Aaron Sanchez to name one of them. Um, maybe Thomas Pannone, maybe Sam Caviglio, kind of that kind of guy where he'll kind of be kind of a starter hybrid kind of guy. He could be a guy who surprises a lot of people and maybe surpasses some of our AAA arms to take a spot in the rotation at some point, maybe in a September call-up. This next guy, uh, Santiago Espinal, infielder. I know him. Steve Pierce guy, right? Mm-hmm. You got him for Steve Pierce. He moved up from AA to AAA and posted a combined 287, 356, 393 slash line last year. He's not a huge home run hitter, but he's got line drive power. Um, he's fast, but his stolen ratio is garbage. I think he just has bad selection. But he plays everywhere on the infield except for, for first base. He's a uh, better hitting Brandon Drury. Mm. He's going to push for for Brandon Drury's spot. But also we have we signed Joe Panic the other day too. Don't panic. Joe Panic is here. There's going to be so many jokes. But um, he'll those three guys are going to fight over the back middle infield spot. And because Santiago Espinal is on the 40-man, we wouldn't have designated anybody for assignment to bring him onto the active roster, That's which good. is good. Um, last guy, Jackson Reese. This is like my dark horse pick here. This guy's 25. He was pitching between Lansing and Dunedin, which are our A-ball teams this past season. He dealt with some injuries early in his minor league career, was also a college player, so we kind of got a late start. But he posted a combined 0.73 ERA at those two levels last year as a relief pitcher. He That's was actually, ball, uh, right? uh, yeah, low A and high A yeah. ball, or A and high A. But he was actually named the minor league reliever of the year hmm. last year for A ball. So very low walks, very high Ks, doesn't allow home runs. Um, he's 25, so I think the Jays could accelerate him last year. And I mean, it's a relief pitcher. So if he's pitching well in double-A where they'll likely start him, they might even push him to triple-A to start. He's yeah. 25, right? Yeah. We could see him make a push for the bullpen as well. Um, reminds me a lot uh, of hard-throwing guys we've had in the past, like younger um, uh, Sean Markham's, Dustin McGowan's, just had a lot yeah. of gas um, back in those days. So I think he could make the roster at some point this season. He's wow. kind of he's, he's he's a guy I'm keeping an eye on for sure, and in, in terms of bullpen guys. But his name's Reese without an e at the end. I don't like that. I like it. It's the only one way to spell Reese. I don't like that. So that's why I don't like Reese McGuire. He spells with a C. No, he's got an S in there. Is it an not? S? I always thought it was a C. I think C. it's an S. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> to the phones. Know about that. Damn it! Yeah, go ahead, Patrick. All right. First of all, I have to say, Justin, this is excellent work right here. This is what we at BFMD live for. This is top-notch journalism. This is what you two live oh. for. 
100 percent um the guy i'm most excited about or the the guy i think is most likely to get some regular playing time on this list is santiago espinal mm-hmm. because i do believe like uh i i actually spat out that slash line uh, a couple of weeks ago when we talked about him yeah he's got all the tools uh to be better than brandon drury and honestly I think that Espinal has a higher ceiling than just being uh, a platoon guy or a guy who can come in and play 40, 50 games, but we don't need him to do much more than that. If he plays really well, he'll keep playing in the lineup. Yeah. He'll, whoever is struggling will sit and Espinal will come in. Um, I like his uh, defense. I like the fact that he's versatile uh, and he's almost certainly going to get playing time wearing a Jays uniform this year. Uh, I'm excited to see what happens with James Dykstra. Uh, at the absolute least, I think he will end up being in Buffalo, which is great because he'll be one of those guys that you can easily call up if you need some injury help. Uh, I love the idea of him him being like a fifth, sixth inning kind of guy if the starter falters. Sure. Uh, and Jackson Reese, it's weird because he's a guy who was in a ball last year, but he's 25. So he's kind of age out of the prospect kind of category. Uh, I think he still has like several years before he he's arbitration eligible. So like, I guess he must've started a little bit late. Yeah, he's a, he's a college, college guy. Yeah. So I, well, I mean, good for him. He's got a f- good fallback. Uh, not that he's going to need it, because I do think you're absolutely right. He's going to he's going to take a big leap, and I imagine he'll probably start in Double A at the very least, and then he'll work his way up into Buffalo. And then, depending on how he he pans out this year, 2021 seems like a great year for Reese uh, to get into the Jays bullpen. Lord knows gonna, we're going to need it. I'm not going to pretend I know any of these guys outside of James Dykstra. I've been following him a little bit, looking up videos. Again, he's my dark horse. Like, he's my Jackson Reese. He's got some stuff, but again, he's 30. That's the only thing. You know so what? he's got to be perfect. I'm going to throw a kind of a spicy take. James Dykstra could be an opener for us at some point. Ooh. He's been a starting pitcher in the past. He knows yeah. how to prepare for a game, I and like he throws that. hard. I like that. Um Let's get back to Larry. Why not? Yeah. Let's Larry. talk about Larry. Let's, Let's end the episode off. with some Larry. Uh, Patrick found some great quotes just uh, from Larry and from baseball legends about Larry. So, Patrick, take it away, buddy. There's a lot to be said about Larry Walker, not the least of which is he's now the second Canadian to make it into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Um, congratulations, Larry. Uh, hopefully, you're listening to this. <laughs> uh, that would <laughs> be great. Uh, we love you here. Um, just a couple of couple of quotes I picked up uh, just right before we got started here. Uh, former Rockies manager Don Baylor called him a six-tool guy, the most talented player he's ever had. Hmm. And I think that says a lot about Larry's quality as a player, to call him a six-tool guy. I'm not sure what the sixth tool would be. Any thoughts, Justin? He looks like a ball player. Looks like a ball player. <laughs> he's got that classic swing. Actually, when you think about it, uh, if you compare Larry Swing with Ken Griffey Jr., Tony Gwynn's, he's like in that generation of hitters. Larry Swing is as good as anybody's. Yep. You can agree on that one universally. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Tony Gwynn, Tony Gwynn once referred to him as the most complete player in the National League and the best base runner in the game. 
That's high praise coming from one of, if not the best contact hitters we have ever seen in baseball. Uh, <clears throat> Ferguson Jenkins, uh, the other Canadian Hall of Famer and uh, a good friend of Larry Walker, as we all learned this week. Uh, a couple quotes from him. Uh, I was anticipating him being elected maybe five or six years ago, uh, but I'm pretty happy for him. I know he's happy, and I know his family is proud of him. He put up some really good numbers, and he's well-deserving of the Hall of Fame. That's a really nice gesture from Ferguson Jenkins. Uh, he also tweeted uh, as soon as the message was official, uh, as the first Canadian Hall of Famer ever inducted, I couldn't be prouder and happier to welcome my friend and fellow Canadian Larry Walker to the Hall. That's a really nice gesture, I think. Yeah. Um, it's weird because there's only two Canadians in the Hall of Fame. Canadian baseball is kind of a tight circle. Uh, if you're in it, you know, you're probably pals with one or both of these guys. So it's kind of cool. Uh, and then a couple of things from uh, Larry himself I thought were great quotes I wanted to share with you guys. <clears throat> so I'll just read them off to you. Uh, this one here is about getting beaned. Uh, getting hit by a pitch is like getting a base hit. When I go down to first, it's the pitcher's loss. Nobody wants to go in and get dirty. Drop a bunt if you have to. Draw some blood if you have to. Whatever it takes to get a win, you should be out trying to do. Clayton, what do you think of that quote? I mean, it's true because love getting hit by pitch and getting going to first. <laughs> Free on base swing. Boost. I don't have to swing. I don't have to do anything. Yeah. But sure, can get on armor. base. Sure, my heart hurts a little bit. But yeah, because I always stole second. I was fast when I was a kid, not anymore. But if I ever got hit by a pitch, I'd be like, well, you're going to regret this, you fucking dummy. And then goes to the second. I'm like, I'm in scoring position because you can't locate your pitches. It was great. So, yeah, but, like, sure, it sucked. Like, that, that was in Pee Wee and Bantam. When you get up to the midget AAA level and stuff and you get hit by pitches, then it kind of sucks. Kinda hurts I, can't, a little bit. I can't imagine get, taking, like, a 95-mile-an-hour fastball to the arm. Right like, the that arm. would suck. Like, when guys are throwing 80, 85, which is probably the max I played, that's that hurt. 95 would be, ugh, but still, worth it. Because you're like, okay, hurt for three seconds, boom, I'm on first. Let's go, boys! <laughs> yeah, it just goes to show that grit that he had as a player, that that uh, willingness to, uh, to, you know, push it to the next level. Uh, one last one here from Larry Walker himself. Uh, I hope it means as much to the country of Canada as it means to me. My heart is filled with absolute joy knowing that a ball player north of the border that was a position player can be the first one inducted. I'm honored to join Ferguson Jenkins, and I'm honored to have a Canadian flag going in with me. Truly, I am. Justin, my question for you this week is, how much does it mean to you, and how much do you think it means to Canada and Baseball Canada to have Larry Walker be such a proud Canadian uh, getting this honor? It's incredible, honestly. Like When you think about it in the history of Major League Baseball, this is the second Canadian to go in. And, I mean, guys like Fergie Jenkins would have been an inspiration for a kid like Larry playing baseball. Like, Larry wanted to play hockey, but his coach cut him in high school twice. And he's <laughs> kept, he kept playing baseball. And it worked, obviously, it worked out for him. Um, but guys like Justin Morneau and, and Joey Votto, uh, Ryan Dempster, those guys, they've all talked about how much of an inspiration Larry Walker was to them as, uh, as ball players growing up, like, he inspired an entire generation of Canadians. And speaking of those guys, is Joey Votto the next guy to go in for Canada into the Hall of Fame? Yep. 
Does Justin yeah, so Justin Morneau doesn't have a shot. He got hurt too much. I'd say Justin Morneau has he's, a little bit. He's of a got shot. An, he'll he'll get some votes. I mean, yeah. he won an MVP award. I wouldn't I wouldn't just count Justin Morneau out, which I mean he's yeah. definitely not like a automatic, but he could. He's probably not going to make it. I don't but think he'll he will. Definitely make but noise. He I might mean, squeak in. He, he might get a couple of votes. Ball he was for like three seasons. He, he'll get a couple of votes. Yeah, I was going to say Jason Bay. Just I mean, Jason oh, yeah, Bay is a great baseball player. Yeah. There was there was a couple of years that where it was like, man, Jason Bay might go on to have like a great career. Yeah, injuries kind of derailed. That. I'd be surprised if uh, Mr. Morneau gets more than a few votes. What about Rich Harden, guys? Rich Harden. What about Dustin Mullen? Scott Mulligan, Richmond. Guys? What about Scotty Rich? Oh. He, was, he was tweeting a lot yesterday, too. Yeah. He was pumped Eric on Twitter. Bedard. Eric Bedard's another one. Yeah. Uh, yeah Michael funny. Saunders. Yeah. <laughs> now, we're, now we're scratching the bottom <laughs> of the barrel here. But like, there's there's some great Canadian ball players, like mm-hmm. guys like Votto and Morno and um, Dempster and Richmond who came up. Dempster. I always forget about Dempster. Yeah, Ryan Dempster, great MLB Network analyst and, yeah. and a really funny guy. Mm-hmm. Harry Carey's the best. But also, um, the, well, uh, Larry Walker was an inspiration, like to an entire generation of people who idolized yeah. other people who idolized him growing up. Like, have it's you heard crazy. His, have you heard his WHL stories? Yeah. So he was a goalie, and he tried out for the Regina Pats twice. Yeah. Got cut the first time, <laughs> and apparently the second time, the coach like kicked his bag down the hallway. Yeah. I was like, no, you're not playing. Hell, anyway, man, go play kept, baseball. Apparently, dude. Larry was a psycho in that. Yeah. Apparently, he was just slashing guys all the time <laughs> and like. Just like such like a Ron Hextall out there, and apparently it was just like awesome to watch. But he just like wanted it so bad, but just didn't have it. So he kept getting these tryouts for the Pats, and then he's like, "Hey, screw this, we're gonna play baseball." And now he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, former manager Bobby Cox. Uh, we'll end with this. Uh, this is what he said about Larry Walker. He's better than one of the best. He is the best. Larry, Larry. I don't know if he is the best. He's in the conversation of being the best. He was one of the best at the time. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that's it, boys. Uh, that's it for another episode of Bathlips and Maple Dips. Congrats, Larry. Uh, thanks for listening on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, wherever you're listening. Thanks a bunch. Uh, like us on the Twitter, on the Facebook, on the Insta, uh, at BFMD Podcast. Give us a review on something. TuneIn, yeah. Stitcher, doesn't matter. Give us some comments. Uh, we're all over the Twitter right now, so make sure you retweet us and... All that jazz. Um, Patrick, what's the extra song today? How are we saying goodbye? We're saying goodbye today with Larry Walker's walk-up song. It is Crazy Train by Ozzy Osbourne, his first solo hit. Love it. Love you, Larry. (laughs) 